The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. This year, there have so far been eight fatalities from shark attacks in Australia, the most in nearly a century and a total of 23 attacks. So with summer upon us, public pressure is mounting to find out why this is the case. In this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we take a look at Australia's history of shark attacks, why they seem to be becoming more prevalent and what experts are suggesting we can do to prevent them. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, being a country surrounded completely by water, Australia has unsurprisingly, I guess, had a long history of shark attacks. The Australian Shark Attack File, which is kept by researchers at Sydney's Taronga Conservation Society, has been recording shark attacks since the beginning of British colonisation in 1791. The file has so far recorded more than a thousand shark attacks in Australia. Back in the day, so pre-20th century, there was a higher prevalence of fatal shark attacks, which has a lot to do with the lack of emergency services Mm. and also developments in modern medical care. But that's changed over time. And now most shark attacks are not fatal. The mortality rate hovers at around 0.9. That means fewer than one person per year. So the odds of being attacked by a shark or dying from a shark attack are very low. But if it does feel like we've been talking about shark attacks more than usual of late, people aren't wrong. Over the past decade, the number of shark attacks, both fatal and non-fatal, has tripled from an average of 6.5 incidents per year between 1990 and 2000 to approximately 20 incidents per year over the past decade. And we'll talk about why that might be the case in a bit. But another interesting thing that record show is where shark attacks are most likely to occur here in Australia. Throughout history, most have occurred in New South Wales, followed by Queensland, but the majority of fatalities are recorded in Western Australia. Which is why it has a bit of a reputation and why some call it the shark capital of the world. And Western Australians might dispute that because although they have recorded the most fatalities, that title really belongs to the US. Last year, it recorded 44 shark attacks, though no fatalities, while Australia came in second with 11 recorded incidents. But that comes down to the size of the US population, which is, of course, significantly larger than ours. That's also why most attacks in Australia occur in New South Wales. More people in the water, more people likely to be attacked. But back to WA, what do we know about why Western Australia has more fatal shark attacks than the rest of the world? Well, there's a lot of theories. Some of it's attributed to humpback whale migration patterns off the Indian Ocean, so off the Western Australian coastline. Whales are a favourite food of great white sharks. And in recent years, there's been an increasing number of pod strandings in WA waters as the humpbacks make their yearly migration northwards from Antarctica, which could be attracting more sharks. But all of it's a bit unknown. What experts do agree on, though, is there's probably a number of factors at play that mean attacks and fatalities are increasing. Let's have a look at what some of those are next. 
Claire, unlike what movies like Jaws suggest, sharks don't really have a taste for human flesh. They generally prefer to feed on other sea creatures. That's good news. Very good news. There are about 180 species of sharks that live in Australian waters, but it's really only four of them that account for the majority of those fatal attacks. That's right. And that's the bull shark, tiger shark, oceanic white tip shark and the great white shark. And as you may have guessed from those names, those guys tend to be a bit more vicious than your average shark. Mm -hmm. But even then, they'll generally only attack humans if they feel threatened or if they mistake you for a fish or a dugong. I really hope nothing mistakes me for a dugong. That's quite (laughs) the insult. So what we're saying is that if sharks aren't all that predatory towards humans, the question is, why are fatal shark attacks becoming more prevalent? There's a few reasons that have been put forward. One is that population point again. So Mm. there's more people that are heading to our famous beaches every year, citizens and tourists. Our population is increased, of course, and we've got more travellers coming to Australian shores and a rise also in the popularity of water-based recreational activities. And more people are also accessing more of our coastline and most of that is unmanned by lifeguards. Climate change has also been touted as another factor. There's some suggestions that changing weather patterns, sea temperatures, as well as dwindling fish populations in some areas have changed sharks' feeding habits and have seen them also swim closer to the shore to feed and that increases the chance of an encounter with a human. And then there's La Nina this year, which will bring more rain and potentially flooding, which some say could draw potentially bull sharks closer to the shoreline, closer to surfers and to swimmers. This is all sounding very ominous, insert Jaws music here, but it's (laughs) worth noting that while the number of fatal shark attacks has spiked this year, the number of total unprovoked encounters, which is 20 so far, was right on average. And even full-blown shark experts like those who manage that Australian shark attack file say that there's a good chance the increase of fatal attacks might just be a case of bad luck. Very bad luck, of course, and also quite random. Yeah, there's many instances where sharks are in the same area as a human and they don't interact with them at all. And the reason a shark attacks is all still theory. It could be hungry, it could be curious, it could mistake a person for a seal or a whale or that dugong. Mm -hmm. And then there's rogue shark attack theories where they think that some sharks are just nasty and rogue, Mm. but few of those theories are considered valid. All in all, there doesn't appear to be a common motivating factor involved in all shark encounters because each shark-human interaction is unique and the behavioural and environmental circumstances in each case is different. And because the prevalence is very, very low, the data just isn't there to tie it all together and come up with a pattern. So that's kind of good news, which takes us back, Claire, to just plain old bad luck. Whether it's just a case of bad luck or not, the number of shark-related deaths this year has seen renewed public pressure for authorities to address the issue. And the way they're doing this is somewhat contentious. Let's get into now really the key question on everyone's lips, and that is how do we prevent shark attacks? Claire, the debate on how to prevent shark attacks goes way back into the last century with the first preventative measures authorities here in Australia took against shark attacks being the introduction of shark nets. 
The practice was introduced in 1937 and shark netting is used differently in each state. But basically what happens is a submerged fishing net is suspended and then it doesn't really go down to the seabed. Rather, it's just about six metres deep. Their effectiveness, though, is hotly debated. And a study from last year published by the University of Wollongong said that nets were largely ineffective in preventing shark attacks. And in fact, they were more destructive, largely trapping other marine marine life instead, including protected species, unfortunately. Yeah, this has led to many calling for shark netting programs to be replaced with what they're calling smart drumlines, which is shark management alert in real time drumlines. Smart drum lines attract a shark with a bait and then the shark takes that bait and puts pressure on the line and a magnet is released and alerts authorities that it's there and once alerted, the team responds immediately, so within about 30 minutes, Mm. to tag and release the shark and other marine animals. The idea is that it keeps sharks away from the shoreline and puts them further back out to sea away from the humans. The smart drum lines are relatively new and are still in a trial phase in both Western Australia and New South Wales, as is the use of drones, which are manned by lifeguards to monitor beaches and spot sharks and then set off an alert. The other strategy we hear a bit about Claire is tagging. So since the late 80s, Aussie researchers have been tagging dozens of great white sharks to get a sense of their patterns of movement, with satellite tagging taking off in the early 2000s. So when a tag shark approaches the coastline, it alerts authorities who can then close nearby beaches and warn people away. The introduction of tagging has helped researchers to get a better idea of where sharks are and where they congregate, but not really why. Mm -hmm. And of course, it hasn't prevented shark attacks. And then of course, there's the every man for himself approach where you can buy shark shield suits, watches, surfboards, the whole kit and caboodle. And in Western Australia, for example, the government's on board with that approach. It offers residents a $200 rebate if they buy an approved personal shark deterrent device. Anyone listening, that could be a good Christmas gift for me, I think. (laughs) This also plays into an argument many make that in order for humans and sharks to live harmoniously, human behaviour needs to change. They argue that humans are technically encroaching on the shark's habitat rather than vice versa, and that educating surfers and swimmers is really the key. And there's plenty of government resources out there about how to keep yourself safe. For example, swimming in groups and not going into the water at dusk or dawn when there's a greater risk of an attack otherwise known as shark feeding time. Claire, unfortunately, though, shark attacks will happen. When they do, what happens next? Usually authorities will search for and kill the shark responsible in order to prevent further attacks, but sometimes the shark gets away. And in some cases, like in WA, authorities have undertaken shark culling, so the mass killing of sharks. They've done that as a preventative measure against attacks. But animal rights and conservation groups criticise that practice as being preemptive culling, and they say it's driven more by emotion than by science. And on that note, to the sharks themselves, are shark populations in Australia under threat? According to the Taronga Conservation Society, shark populations are generally considered to be in steep decline in Australia and around the world due to overfishing. One cause is the high price obtained for shark fins in Asia, known as finning. That's a practice that's now widely banned. Mm. But having said that, outfits like Taronga say that it's really hard to know the true number of sharks in our oceans. Yeah, it's amazing how little they do know about sharks. And as far as the argument that some 
have made to say that because we are protecting sharks in our oceans, that's led to an increase in attacks. There's not much merit in that. And there really is no scientific evidence that indicates a substantial increase in the numbers for those species specifically. Finally, Claire, if you do encounter a shark, Mick Fanning had it right when he took a swing. Yeah, then swimming away really fast. (laughs) The official advice is to try and punch the shark. That is the advice and swim away as quickly as you possibly can. Let's finish with some reassuring words. You're more likely to die from a lightning strike, a train crash, or by freezing than from a shark attack. (laughs) I feel so much better. (laughs) And that's your shortcut (laughs) to shark attacks in Australia. On to our recommendations. Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening, watching. Mine's actually an app this time, Claire. It's called Dorsal and it tracks shark sightings. So you can log in and see if there's been a shark sighted at the beach you're swimming at. Yeah, that's one for the super paranoid. Yeah, I've definitely got that up. I've got a fascination with hammerhead sharks. I think they're just the weirdest looking things in the world. So I've got an article to exactly what those eyes at different points in their heads about. I just think they're so freaky, those things. They are a very strange kind of shark. Once you get into looking into all the creatures under the ocean, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? Lots of different things. Yeah. Evolution and nature are very interesting things. Thanks for listening into this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. Hopefully it's given you some comfort as you head into the summer months. Only a few more shortcuts until Christmas is upon us. So shoot us a note to hello at thesqueeze.com.au if you have any requests and we'll chat to you next week. 